Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 36, The Three Ps, with your host, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. Hello. Hello, Heather. How's it going? It's good. So as we're recording this, you have some pretty exciting things coming up, don't we you? We do. We do. Mm-hmm. I know. And I was thinking how cool it will be by the time this airs, because we're trying to do a bunch of podcasts, record them in advance, because I've got a lot going on in the month of August, because all my kids are coming home. And it has been two and a half years since we have all been together, all our kids together, because we had one, my stepson was struggling with green card issues and And then I had one son who's on a mission for our church and COVID and now everybody's coming back together. So we've already at this stage of recording, my stepdaughter arrived home. We're waiting for our two other kids and our, my oldest stepson is married. So we're, he's going to be coming along with his wife on the weekend. And then my son is returning from his mission. So we are super excited to have two weeks together. Of course, we're a blended family, so it gets divided between the homes, but we'll take every moment we can get before everybody heads back out onto their different exciting adventures. That's awesome. So we are talking about the three P's today. Intriguing. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get to the three P's, which I'm sure you're like curious, what are they? Let's just talk a little bit about positive psychology. Positive psychology was created basically the, I think the father of positive psychology is Martin Zaligman. And it was at the end of the 20th century. And it is based on the foundation that treating mental illness is not the same thing as promoting mental health. It is built on values such as joy and serenity and courage and optimism, altruism, peace, perseverance, creativity, and love. So a lot of really good values are in there. And it refers to what we want for ourselves and our world. For example, nurturing relationships and using our unique abilities to succeed in order to make positive contributions to the world. So essentially, it's about wanting our lives to have meaning. To add some context to the three elusive P's that we're going to be talking about momentarily, Zeligman (laughs) differentiates between learned helplessness and learned optimism. So research using classical conditioning or Pavlovian methods has shown that helplessness is learned based on past experience of inescapable trauma. So when something bad happens, a person does nothing. They don't respond because they've learned that they have no control over their environment and they continue to do nothing even when the situations changed such that they do have control. Now this is true for two thirds of people and dogs and rats who were unable to escape shock or noise. So the question then is, okay, so that was two thirds of them continued to do nothing, even when the situation changed and they did have control. But what about the other third? Well, they did not learn helplessness. 
but how is it that they are immune? Like what protected them versus the other animals or the people? Now it turns out if the first event they were exposed to was escapable, they were protected from the second inescapable event. They were not helpless. So this brings us to protective factors. What are they? The first is personality or the way you interpret the negative events that happen to you. Now, remember, it's not what happens to you that affects you, but it's your interpretation of what happens to you. It's all of your thoughts and beliefs, the majority of which are subconscious and your personality can be a massive factor in how you interpret events. And Zaligman describes three dimensions to the way you interpret negative events that can either place you at risk of learned helplessness or protect you from learned helplessness. So I want you to imagine a continuum with me always and everything on the one end and not me, not always, not everything on the other end. So that's kind of like the all and the nothing that we talked about a few episodes about. Me, always, everything on one and not me, not always, not everything on the other. Now, this brings us to the first P, which is personalization. When a problem arises, you believe that you or someone else is at fault. Now, just to add context, let me give you a circumstance. That's true. My dog barks at the vacuum in the hallway. Okay, circumstance, not a lot of control over that. My interpretation, which is optional. On the me side of the perspective, it's all my fault she barks. So that is me taking it personally. I'm assigning blame to myself. That's me on one end of the continuum. On the other end of the not me is it's all her fault. (laughs) Poor poor (laughs) Bella. Poor Bella. (laughs) So that's me, not me for personalization. That is the first P that he talks about. Now, the second P is permanence. And this is the idea that when a problem arises, you believe the negative impact of it will last forever or that it's just temporary. So the idea of permanence, is it permanent or is it temporary? So if we do an example, we have circumstance, I didn't get the job. If we had the always, it would be, I'm never going to get hired. It's a permanent problem. And on the other hand, if it's not always, it didn't work out this time. It's temporary. Okay. So we did personalization. We did permanence. And the last P is pervasiveness. This is when a problem arises, you believe that it either affects all areas of your life, everything, or only one area of your life, not everything. Again, to add context, circumstance, your partner ends the relationship. Everything would sound like I'm unworthy of love in general. Not everything would sound like I have a lot to offer in all of my relationships. That's right. So there's actually a personality test that you can take to see where you lie in the continuum. So we have on the one hand, people who probably would be classified as more pessimists or catastrophizers, and they would be the people who would fall on this continuum of me. It's always going to be this way. And it's pervasive in everything. And on the other side, you can have an optimist who is like, well, it's not just me. It's not always going to be like this. And it's not going to be everything. So there are these two ends on the continuum where you can fall. 
Now, pessimists or catastrophizers believe that when negative things happen, it's all their fault, nothing is within their control, it's permanent, and it will affect everything that they do. Conversely, optimists believe that when negative things happen, it's not their fault, it is within their control to do something about it, it's temporary, and it's just this event. It's not all events, it's just this specific one. In this regard, being a pessimist or catastrophizer is a major risk factor for learned helplessness and being an optimist is a protective factor. So your explanatory style, which basically means like the way you explain things, how things happen in your life and why things happen in your life is really determined by how you interpret a negative event. So it can be personal, permanent, and pervasive if you view it as such, or it can be the opposite. Whatever you decide, your brain is going to look for evidence in the world to prove that that thought is true. And we call that confirmation bias. So it's really wise to be intentional about how you interpret negative events from a lens of, okay, is this serving me or is this creating unnecessary suffering? And I do really want to highlight this confirmation bias. Whatever we send our brain to go do, it will find evidence for. So if you decide to look at things from the perspective that it's personal, permanent, and pervasive, your brain will find evidence for it. But the same is true if you do the opposite. Your brain will also find evidence. So the question question then becomes, what is the most helpful thing to send my brain off to find evidence for that's going to serve me best? Okay, so let's just put this all together. I want to take this example. It's my fault. I burn the chicken. I always burn the chicken. I'm terrible in the kitchen. So contrast that with the directions in this recipe were a bit off. Next time, I won't leave the chicken in the oven as long. I'll make or I make other recipes that always turn out great. So you can really see the the contrast between those two examples. Now, the first example will likely result in feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, and general disempowerment about cooking chicken. Whereas the second will result in hopefulness and a sense of control and empowerment. So we can tie all this together back to being resilient. And what they have found is that following adversity, resilient people have the ability to think flexibly about negative events rather than getting stuck in any particular explanatory style. So they are flexible. Sometimes they may think one way, sometimes they may think another way. We don't want to get stuck in either way of thinking. So resilient people are realistic about what they can and cannot control, and they pour energy into problem solving around what they can control in order to use a difficult experience as an opportunity for learning and growth. Okay, so that's what we have for you today. We covered in this episode a little bit about positive psychology, and that was created by Martin Zeligman. And this focuses on sort of what is right with us, not what is wrong with us, and what we want in our lives, how we create meaning in our lives. We also talked about how two-thirds of people and animals developed learned helplessness, whereas one-third of people or animals did not. We talked about some of the risk factors as well as some of the protective factors and how personality contributes to the risk or the protective factors. So that's it. The three P's of personalization, 
permanence and pervasiveness. So personalization, is it due to me? Is it all about me? Is it my responsibility? Then we have the permanence of, is this something that's going to affect my whole life or just temporary and pervasiveness that my entire life is going to be affected by this. We know that when you are more resilient, you actually have a lot more flexibility in deciding what the three P's are. You're not always going to be set in one way blaming yourself or blaming somebody else. It's not always going to be temporary or always permanent. It's not necessarily going to be pervasive in your entire life. Resilience allows you to have that flexibility to be able to decide where you fall on the spectrum of the three P's. So hopefully you learned a little something new. You can ask yourself sometimes if you're getting caught with the three P's. Am I making it personal? Is it something that is pervasive in my life? And is it something that is completely permanent? That's what we have for you today. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.